Go to uh, Luke chapter 2 with me this morning. Luke chapter 2. You'll never guess what I'm going to preach on. <laughs> Luke chapter 2. All right. Now you got to put your thinking caps on. I know it's only 9.30 in the morning. Most of you haven't even had your coffee at work yet. This, yet. So uh, we're going to go ahead and jump into this. But imagine with me, if you would, that you are engaged to be married. Ladies, he's a good man. And men, she's a wonderful Lady, both of you are hardworking. You are upright people. It's a wonderful marriage. Ladies, your dreams of being a stunning bride and starting a family are at times overwhelming. Men, your idea of being a gentleman and a loving husband and being a father to many children is a wonderful thought to you. You both have expectations. You both have things that you think of, and these expectations are exciting They're not worrisome. You don't worry about these things. They're exciting things. Preparations are being made. You're both so excited about your wedding day, but on top of your own expectations, there's also cultural expectations. We all have, especially here in our culture, we have cultural expectations that you will have a wedding, a big wedding. Um, Some people elope. That's not really a cultural expectation. But nonetheless, that's what people do. But there's these cultural expectations as well, to which you as a person fully embrace. Most women that I know uh, plan their wedding day from the time they're born, I'm pretty sure. And uh, they always have this thought in their mind of how it's going to be And that all stems not only from your own expectations, but from cultural expectations. Especially on Instagram and Facebook, you see all the other weddings and go, man, that's cool, I'm going to add that to my file. And we become bigger and better every time. So you don't worry about those things, you embrace them. You want to make your parents happy, you want to make your relatives proud of you. You want to walk down the aisle and have everybody ooh and ah at how wonderful it looks. I mean, just, you have all of these wonderful expectations. All of these things are running through your mind and maybe you can't sleep one night and while you're not sleeping, an angel comes to you and says, your expectations are no longer. The things that you thought you desired, the things that you dreamed of, it's not going to be that way anymore. As we look at Christmas of 2020, There's not one of us that doesn't realize that this is not going to look different, or this is going to look different than years past. It's not going to be the same as it has been. It's going to be much different. But I want to encourage you this morning, it will look, excuse me, it will not look much different than the very first Christmas. This year of 2020 will not look much different than the very first Christmas that ever took place, and I want to show you that. And I want to give you a different, here's the title of the message, Christmas Perspective. A different Christmas perspective. If you're in the habit of writing things down, I want to, this is kind of my purpose, the thing that I would like to give you today, it's this, an old perspective on a new Christmas. An old perspective on a new Christmas. Again, I want to encourage you this morning, as we get into this, you might be depressed. I don't want you to be depressed when you leave here today. I want you to be encouraged. I want you to walk out of here excited about what this Christmas has to be for you this year. So let's go ahead and take a look at three ways. The first Christmas is going to be like Christmas in 2020. Number one, 
government mandates. Government mandates. Let's go ahead and take a look at Luke chapter 2. Look with me at verse 1. The Bible says this, And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus. What is the decree? That all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria, and all went to be taxed, everyone into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was the house and lineage of David. Verse 5, to be taxed, with Mary his espoused wife being great with child. Let's have a word of prayer. We'll jump into this. Father, thank you so much for this day and for the opportunity that you've given us to be here this morning. Thank you so much for it. I pray, Father, as we look at this passage and as we look at our Christmas coming up, that, Father, we'd be encouraged, we'd be excited about what Christmas has to offer this year, and that you would allow us to continue to focus on you. Thank you so much for dying on the cross for our sins. Thank you so much for being born of a virgin, coming in the form of a man, humbling yourself for us to be able to have an eternal home in heaven with you. Thank you so much for all you do for us, and we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. The government mandate was that everyone should be taxed. Raise your hand if you love taxes. Not a one person in the world loves to be taxed. Nobody wants taxes. Nobody wants to pay taxes. We enjoy the benefits of paying taxes. We enjoy our health care system. We enjoy the streets being plowed at some point during the winter. We enjoy all the things that come with paying taxes, but we don't want to pay taxes. We don't want the government to have our money. We don't like that. And I'll be honest with you, if you think about this, I'm sure they were no different. The Bible says that Caesar Augustus gets this brainiac idea that everybody should be taxed. All right, I don't, I don't know how he came across this and decided that, all right, everybody has to go back to their city of origin and pay a tax. I don't understand that. I don't know if it was a census or what was all going on, but nonetheless, he decides that this is what's going to happen. It's a government mandate. And so I can just assume that Mary and Joseph have to pack their bags, make the trek of what seems to be over 140 kilometers from Nazareth to Bethlehem on foot. Now, that is not convenient, is it? How many of you would be up and ready to go for that? Being great with child. None of us. None of us just want to walk, and it is assumed that uh, Mary was riding a camel, we don't actually, or excuse me, riding a donkey. We don't actually know that for sure, but it's assumed that. And uh, so we think that Joseph walked the entire time. Again, not really sure, but a donkey's not the most uh, willing participant, is it? Most willing animal in all the world. It's one of the most stubborn animals in all the world. And so you, you think about this, and you think about packing up, and you think about being great with child, and you think about, oh, this donkey, I hope it works out, and I hope it uh, isn't as stubborn as it normally is, and I just, will you just please walk? All of these different things. Listen, it's not convenient to do this, but nonetheless, they make their way. And maybe that was the topic of their discussion as they walked along. Oh, Caesar, who does he think he is making us go all the way down here? Who does he think he is making us go all the way to Bethlehem? It's inconvenient. <laughs> I thought of this. We should get an exemption because we are pregnant and ready to deliver at any time. Right? Surely they should look, be able to look at us and say, yeah, you guys can have an exemption this time from going all the way to Bethlehem. We think all these things. And listen, we all understand that for them during this time, 
This was something that they had to do. This was something that they were going through. And we as well today have a lot of government mandates going on right now. And I'm not here to dispute whether you agree or disagree or whether you should follow or not follow. That's not at all what I'm trying to dispute today. And it might be extremely frustrating to you to go through these things. It might be a conversation piece for you. Pretty much everybody I talk to, at some point we talk about what's going on in the world with COVID. But just realize this. This is not the first Christmas. 2020 is not the first Christmas that government mandates have been inconvenient. Just realize that. So let's change our perspective. Let's look at it just a little bit differently. And if you're in the habit of writing things down, put this down. Government mandates brought superior placement. Government mandates brought superior placement. You say, what do you mean? What do you mean government brought superior placement? I mean this, the prophet Micah foretold that Bethlehem Ephrata would be the place where the everlasting ruler of Israel would come from. Think about that. Long before, at least 400 years, we know that there was a silent age of 400 years, so for at least 400 years before Jesus Christ is born, a prophet foretold that Bethlehem of Ephrata would be the place where Jesus Christ would be born. Do you understand this? This was all a part of God's plan. This was all a part of God's plan. So instead of focusing on government regulations and being frustrated by them this Christmas, maybe we could just change our perspective for a minute. Maybe we could just focus on what God is trying to do in the world around us. Listen, I don't agree with some things that are going on as much as the next person. I don't know what to think in a lot of ways, but I want you to understand this. I, as much as we want to think about those things, as much as we want to focus on those things, Christmas is not about those things. Push those things aside. Push the government mandates aside and realize God has placed me in this place for a reason, for a time such as this. I don't know why, I don't know what, but I'm going to focus on that. Focus on what God is trying to do in the world around you. In Mary and Joseph's case, listen to this, God was literally setting the stage for the coming Messiah. Think about that. As inconvenient and as frustrating and as uh, absolutely you do not want to go and pay taxes, all of those things involved, God was literally setting the stage for the coming Messiah through taxes, through a government mandate. I don't understand what God is doing in our world. It's so easy to look back right now and go, oh yeah, obviously that's what God was doing. He was putting them in Bethlehem because that's where they needed to be. He needed to be in the city of David. But here in 2020, we don't understand. We don't get it. It's hard to look forward and see what God is trying to do, isn't it? It's frustrating. Listen, we don't know, we don't know what God is trying to do, but this I do know, God is in control, and God is trying to do something not only in our lives, but in the lives of the people around us. Our responsibility is to trust God. Our responsibility is to continue to move forward. Our responsibility is to figure out what God wants us to do and do it pretty hard to do that when all we look at is the problems we have with no solutions with no solutions let's change our perspective mary and joseph had the same problem 
Mary and Joseph had the same problems, yet they had superior placement for a superior time. Superior placement for a superior time. And God wants to use you in this place, in this time. And if we are focused on the problems that we have, we're going to miss out on what God wants us to do. So the question is this. Will you allow him to use you? Will you allow him to use you? You have to take your focus off of those things. You have to take your focus off the government mandates and say, listen, I'm not going to focus on that this Christmas. I'm going to focus on Jesus Christ. I'm going to focus on him and him alone. So number one, we see government mandates. Number two, I want you to see absent family. Absent family. Look at Luke chapter 2 and verse 4. The Bible says this. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem. Watch this now. Because he was of the house and lineage of David. I'm going to be honest with you. I really don't understand this one. I really don't understand. Now think about this. If you are of the house and lineage of David, obviously someone in your family is supposed to be in Bethlehem, Ephrata as well, right? So a fa- at least Joseph's father, maybe brothers, maybe sisters, if he had them, I, I don't really know what was going on in all of his family at this time, but I know this, Joseph had at least a father who was of the house and lineage of David, house and lineage of Bethlehem. So Joseph was of this. Wouldn't they all have been going to Bethlehem? Wouldn't they all at least be there? I want you to think about this. I'm not sure why they weren't there, or if they were, why they didn't make room for a woman great with child. Listen, my parents don't have a huge house, and we have a pretty big family. And the interesting thing to me is my parents will vacate their bedroom, and they will leave their bedroom and go into my sister's bedroom, which is not exactly the most comfortable bed in the world, and they will leave that because their children are coming home. Now think about this. If they are, say, Joseph's parents already lived there. Maybe Joseph's parents were already dead. I don't know, but this I do know, that the family was absent. The family wasn't there, and they were sitting in a stable because nobody made room for them. Nobody allowed them to come into their place There's a woman great with child. In this, the Bible is clear. It was only Mary, Joseph, and the babe. Mary, Joseph, and the babe. The family was not around to support them. The family was not there to celebrate with them. It was simply Mary, Joseph, and the babe. I want you to understand again, not to depress you, but there are going to be some absent family members this Christmas. And be people that we don't get to spend time with, people who we so desperately wanted to see again that we won't be able to. We won't be able to experience Christmas like we have in years past with every single one of our family members all together in one house, sticking their fingers in all of the squares and talking all over the food. When I was a kid, we would have Christmas at my grandma's house. And I'm not kidding you. Every single person on my mom's side of the family was there. The house was packed. It was hard to find a place to sit. 
it was a lot of fun. It was a ton of fun. I remember having a bowl of pistachios that like 12 people are digging into. Listen, most of us are thinking, whoa, that would, that would never happen again. Not for sure in 2020. Those things are gone. We would be everywhere around the house. It was hard to see. But I want you to understand, that's not happening for us this year. That's not going to happen. We're not going to have our family at Christmas this year. The Christmas tradition we had with family is not going to happen. But hold on. That might depress you, but let's change our perspective. Let's think about this a different way. If you're in the habit of writing things down, write this down. Absent family members bring about spacious potential. Spacious potential. Now, I know none of you want to hear this, but at least hear me out. With no family members present, Mary and Joseph got to be alone with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords as he entered this world. I want you just to think about that unadulterated access to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Jesus Christ, as he entered this world, Mary and Joseph don't have to share him with the mother-in-law. They don't have to share him with some crazy uncle that wants to destroy him. We don't have any of these problems. They have, they have pure access. It is a perfect, wonderful time. They have a lot of space and a lot of potential to grow close to him. Mary and Joseph got to be alone with him. Let me give you, give you something to think about and maybe change your perspective a little bit. Instead of focusing on what we don't have this Christmas, let's focus on what we do have. Let's focus on what we do have this Christmas. Think about this. We have space, we have time, and we have the potential to spend that time with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. The Bible says that God will never leave us nor forsake us. He is always present. He is ever with us. We have him this year when we may not have family members. We have him this year. You may have no one else in your life right now that you can spend Christmas with. You might feel badly about that. But Mary and Joseph went through this exact same thing. But listen to me, it was not a time of regret where they're sitting back thinking, oh, I wish my family was here. The Bible doesn't record that for us. The Bible records a beautiful picture when the shepherds walk in of Mary, Joseph, and the babe lying in a manger. It's just this beautiful picture of how much time they get to spend. So this Christmas... You're going to have some absent family members. You're going to have some people that may have wait, passed on. You're going to have some people that, because of restrictions, they don't want to come or whatever. You fill in the blank why they're not there. Nonetheless, Christmas of 2020 is going to look almost like Christmas of the first time ever. And here, Jesus Christ gets to spend pure time. Mary and Joseph. Listen, I don't, the hustle and bustle, getting food ready, having a bunch of people over, talking to them, catching up, all of those different things. Listen, those are wonderful things, and I'm going to miss them. But at the same time, maybe it's time that we spend some quality, one-on-one time with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. It was not a time of regret for them. It was a time of rejoicing because their focus was on one person. 
one person. I want to give you number three. Number three is simply shattered expectations. Shattered expectations. Now again, going back to the introduction of this message, they were young people with great expectations about marriage and family and what all of this would look like. And that was all changed in a moment. Angel shows up and says to Mary, you're going to be with child. And she says, how? And I have not known a man. The Holy Ghost will come upon you. You shall be with child by the Holy Ghost. And she graciously submits to that. And the same thing happens to Joseph. But I want you to see something before that. Joseph had some questions. Joseph's expectation was being questioned here. Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1. Verse 18. Matthew chapter 1 and verse 18. The Bible says this, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise when his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph. Before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Verse 19, Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. You see, Joseph was struggling with this. Joseph had expectations of what was going on and what would happen, and all men have expectations of all of these things, but then she finds, he finds out that she's with child. She's pregnant. Again, not only in our society, maybe 10, 15, 20 years ago, was that a bad thing, but let's go back to the time of Israel. This was not a good thing for them. And Joseph is thinking about this and mulling these things over and trying to think about what exactly he's going to do with this woman who has been unfaithful. He was struggling with this. And we assume that Joseph was devastated because his expectations weren't being met. But again, we understand that the angel comes to him, we see that in verse 20, and says, listen, this is of the Holy Ghost. Go ahead and take her to be your wife. She has not known a man. I want you to understand this. Every single one of us has expectations of what Christmas was going to be this year. I, for one, thought, oh, surely by Christmas, the border will open and I won't have to quarantine for two weeks to come back. Surely that will be the case. I was excited to go and see my family that I haven't seen for nine months. My sister I haven't seen for 13 months. Listen, I I was excited about that. I was looking forward to hanging out with my siblings and my parents for hours on end. We play games. And if you know anything about the Yeomans family, we don't just play games. We play very exciting games. We can make the boringest of games very exciting. And it's a lot of fun. It's, It's hysterical, to be quite honest. My expectations, I'll be honest, have been shattered. My sister texted me the other day, how are you doing about not being able to come? I said, I'm all right. She says, oh, I'm having a hard day today with it. And I said, oh, I have my days. There are my days when I would just love to see my family again. We talk on the phone. We FaceTime. We do that kind of stuff. Trust me, it's not the same. You all know that. We have these expectations, and I thought, oh, surely by Christmas, this will be done and over. No. 
And I don't know what your expectations were for this Christmas, but no doubt all of them will not be met. Maybe your expectations for this year have not been met. All of these things go on. Maybe every week you've gone further into depression because your expectations continue to be decimated, continue to be blown apart. Maybe things continually get worse and worse and with very little light at the end of the tunnel, you're struggling. Struggling to find a reason to continue to move forward. And Christmas time is a time that that becomes increasingly more difficult. Man, I thought it would be over by now. All of these things remind me of what Viktor Frankl said. He wrote this in his observations in a concentration camp in Germany during World War II. I want to read this quote for you. The death rate in the week between Christmas 1994 and New Year's 1945 increased in camp beyond all previous experience. In my opinion, the explanation for this increase does not lie in the harder working conditions or the deterioration of our food supplies or a change of weather or new epidemics. It was simply that the majority of the prisoners had lived in the naive hope that they would be home again by Christmas. As the time drew near and there was no encouraging news, the prisoners lost courage and disappointment overcame them. This had a dangerous influence on their powers of resistance and a great number of them died. Listen, all of us have had expectations for Christmas. We've all had expectations for this year. But so did Mary and Joseph. They had expectations of what their lives would look like. But let's change our perspective a little bit, shall we? Again, I challenge you to write this down. Shattered expectations bring unimaginable possibilities. Shattered expectations bring unimaginable possibilities. Now, I want you to think about this. Mary and Joseph most likely could have never imagined that God would choose them to be the earthly guardians of Jesus the Christ. I want you just, we, we take this story for granted, don't we? Well, Mary and Joseph, they had Jesus Christ. Well, think about that. You are chosen to be the earthly guardian, if you're Mary, you are the earthly mother of the Christ. Of the person whose name is Jesus who would save his people from their sins. Their expectations were not met, but they were far exceeded. Listen, I may not have had the wedding that I wanted. I may not have had the first child that I wanted. But listen, I would far better take not having my expectations met than having them far exceeded with the Son of God as my son. Can you imagine that? Unimaginable possibilities. They were going to be the very first ones to see Jesus Christ alive in human form. Mary was going to be the one who would carry this Jesus for nine months. Who could have ever imagined that? No one. No one could have ever imagined it. Listen, with change in pace and with change in circumstances this Christmas, maybe it's time we get alone with Jesus Christ. Maybe it's time we see him new in our lives. Maybe it's time we met with him again in a way that we wouldn't be able to in the hustle and bustle of a regular Christmas. God puts us in a place 
with certain people for certain reasons that we cannot imagine. We cannot imagine. But so often we focus on all the bad. And we should be focusing on the reason for the season. Listen, I understand that all these things are happening. They're happening in my life, and I understand they're happening in yours. But all we need to do is just change our perspective a little bit. Look at it from a different perspective and realize Jesus Christ is the reason for the season. And what is he trying to do in my life? What is he trying to accomplish in us and through us? And maybe this will be a Christmas like the first Christmas where the world begins to change. Because of the first Christmas, you understand that the world changed, right? Oh, no, no, not for the, not for the worse, but for the better. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, came to this earth because his Father, God, loved the world so much. He gave his only begotten Son that whosoever, whosoever, that means you, that means me, that means every person from, from this time forward can whosoever believe in Jesus Christ and not perish but have everlasting life. Listen, that changed the world. The world had the opportunity now to pass from death unto life. The world had an opportunity to pass from darkness and see a great light. Listen to me. The first Christmas changed the world. Listen, I don't know what God's trying to do in Christmas of 2020, but if Christians, Bible Baptist Church in particular, would sit and think about what God is trying to do instead of thinking about all the bad things that are going on, and we would change our perspective, who knows what God can do? Unimaginable possibilities can happen. Christ is trying to do something. I hope you understand this is an old perspective on a new Christmas. But this old perspective literally changed the course of the world. We now have the opportunity to be made alive in Christ. You can be depressed, you can be frustrated, you can be angry, you can be sorrowful, you can be all things negative this Christmas, or this Christmas can be one that will change your life. The decision is yours. You are the only person who can change your perspective. You are the only person who can think about things differently. I'm just here to present a different side. I would love to be able to force everybody to change their perspective. Can't do that. So today, let me ask you, what is your perspective on Christmas 2020? I hope it will be a positive one. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this day, for this opportunity that you've given to us this morning. Father, thank you so much for the position that you've put us in this year. We have no idea why. We've seen some things. We've seen you work. Father, I believe you're not done yet. But Father, I pray that your people, myself included, would take this opportunity and get alone with you. Look into your face like we've never looked before. 
in complete and utter adoration. And allow the things of this world to go strangely dim. Father, I can just imagine what Mary and Joseph were going through. The wonder and the joy that they had in unfulfilled expectations. But Father, I pray that this Christmas we would enjoy the same joy that they did because they spent that time with you. Because they were humble enough to continually trust you during that whole thing. Thank you so much for coming to this earth. Thank you so much for dying on the cross for our sins. And Father, if there's one here today that does not know you as personal Savior, Father, they're still walking in darkness, I pray that today they would see the light. They would come to you and know you as personal Savior. Father, I pray all these things in your name. I'm gonna ask you to keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed. I, I hope your decision today will be simple. Maybe not easy, but simple. Simply, maybe you need to write down, I will have a God-centered perspective on Christmas. Or, if you want to use a bit more of a cliche, I will put Christ in my Christmas. I don't know what your decision is. I don't know what your decision needs to be. But I know that Romans 8.28 says, and we know that all things work together for good. To them that love God. To them who are the called according to his purpose. I'm going to challenge you to make, take, a, take some time, excuse me, and make a decision this morning. Let's go ahead and do that right now.